Hey guys, good morning and welcome to One Church. How are you doing today? Uh, just to introduce myself, my name is Dave. I'm one of the student pastors here. Uh, I ordinarily leave 6th uh, through 12th graders on Wednesday nights during the school year. Um, so if you don't feel like you connect with me as a speaker, you're in luck. I only speak a few times a year here. We actually have a great speaker named Chris Edmondson, um, who's, I think, in the audience somewhere today. Um, yeah, I, trust me, I know how it is, because I've done it before. Like, you invite someone to come to church, and then you get here, and you're like, dang it, Dave's talking again. I'll flag that. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, seriously, I actually have a great message uh, I've been working really hard on, and I think it's important. I think you guys need to hear it. So um, what we do here at One Church is we actually, uh, we work in a, what's called a series. We take about four weeks and we take a topic or a book of the Bible, and we try to tell you everything we know about that within those four weeks. Uh, currently, we're doing a series called God at the Movies. It's where we take a movie, and we use it to illustrate a biblical message that you can apply to your life. So that is our goal today. I chose The Secret Life of Walter Mitty because there is something going on in his life that I honestly feel all of us can connect with. I think it's something that we all struggle with, and that is the idea of just being stagnant being stuck, as in there's, there's nothing moving, there's, there's this part of our life that's just standing still, and we can't get it moving again, uh, and, and what we tend to do is we fall into dreaming, we fall into just wishing that we could, we could change that part of our life, wishing we could move forward, and we just stay there, um, so we, we enter into Walter Mitty's life, and, and he's just bored, like, he's dying for adventure, he's dying for something exciting to happen in his life, and really, he's big part of it, he's dying to impress and uh, win the affection of a woman that he works with. Uh, so the beginning of the movie, it was too long to put in, it's really funny, but uh, basically he wants to send a wink on eHarmony.com so that this person can know that he's interested. And so when he finally builds up the courage, he tries to push it, it doesn't work, and uh, that actually brings us to our first clip. Todd Mahar, eHarmony. How can I help you today? Hi. I can't seem to leave a wink for someone. I don't know. Is my page broken? Do I, do I maybe have a broken page? Or oh, I've never heard of that, but okay. Uh, you're trying to use your eHarmony account for the first time? I am. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at your profile. We have a pretty intricate matching algorithm. That's what distinguishes us from other online dating services. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I'm just trying to leave a wink for one person. Cheryl Melhoff, she started in my division at work about a month ago, and I overheard her near the bagel saying she was on your site. Uh, okay, that's unique. But let me ask you, you left a lot of this stuff, like, like the been there, done that section. You left it blank. Yeah, I think I skipped it. Okay, well, you've got to help me out here, man. Don't skip stuff. Okay, well, I haven't really been anywhere noteworthy or mentionable done anything noteworthy, mentionable? Hello? You still there? Can you hang on a second? I heard barking, thought I smelled gas. Oh, I hope it's okay. I engineered a prosthesis for Chips while I was sprinting down the stairwell. 
Little hip joint assembly with a drop ring lock and an interior pelvic band. God, you're noteworthy. I just live by the ABCs. Adventurous, brave, creative. That's everything I want in a man. My man. Hey, my man, you still there? Hey. What, did you pass out or? No, I just like zoned out for a second. Oh, okay. Do you do that a lot? Uh, normal amount. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to hang out for a moment. Like, towards the end, whenever it flashed back over to his life and, like, real world, and he's still on the phone, like, he had this face. Uh, and, and it's a face that I, I see often. I see it all the time. Um, in fact, it's a face that I make often, and we don't even realize we're making it. Um, but next time you're, you're driving and you stop at a stoplight, just take a look around at all the cars that have one person in it. Because what you're going to see, because keep in mind, whenever you're completely by yourself, you have full control over what your face looks like. Like, there's nobody else to please. You're not trying to smile for anybody. Like, you just, you, your face goes to how it wants to go. And uh, so next time you look around, because this is what you're going to see. I like to call that fart face. All right, because, you know, it's like whenever you go to the family reunion and Uncle Al, like, crop dust across the floor, like, fart face. Or you get on an elevator and, you know, the big guy walks out and fart face. Like, and, and the sad thing is, is you look around at everybody else and then look in the mirror and you're going to see that your face looks like that too. And the reason is, is because all of us have something about our life we want to change. All of us have something that we wish we could do, we wish we could say, we wish we could achieve. We all have some dream that we feel is just stuck and not moving anywhere. Like Walter, we, we, we tend to just fall into dreaming about, you know, that aspect of our life instead of actually trying to go out and do something. And, and like Walter as well, there's a guy in the Bible named Moses who, who finds himself in that situation. You see, Chris and Kim talked about Moses last week and talked about how he killed somebody and then was afraid of his, his abilities and went out and hid in the desert. Well, let's look at the other aspect of that. You see, Moses, from the time he was born, he, he, he had this dream about him that he wanted, really, it's a three-part dream. He wanted to be used by God. He wanted to be with his people, the Israelites, and he wanted to help his people. So he has a three-part dream, and, and, and finally, whenever he gets up the courage to try to do that, he winds up killing somebody and runs off into the desert. He spends 40 years in the desert gets married, starts working for his father-in-law, has some kids, um, but the dream never left. In fact, like, the way you can tell the dream never left is when you find out Moses' son's name. His, his son's name is Foreigner. And most of us, like, we're reading, well, most of us, you know, blow the dirt off and then we start reading, but, you know, like, we're reading through there and we see this and, you know, we just skip right over it. But the literal translation of Foreigner is, I don't belong here. So it's weird, which, by the way, Moses translates to brought out of the river. So, you know, imagine meeting him for the first time. You walk up, hey, my name's brought out of the river. This is my son. I don't belong here. Awkward, you know? <laughs> it's strange. But, but the truth is he was just so pained from his dreams not coming true. He was so pained from not being able to move on that dream, from not being able to move that part of his life, and he was stuck. He was stuck in the desert. And, uh, you know, like... He, 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 I'm sure, like, I mean, he watched sheep. He was by himself. I'm sure he daydreamed a lot. And like Walter, like, Walter didn't just dream about, you know, impressing Chris and Wig. Like, he, he dreamed about a lot of funny stuff, actually. Have you ever walked up to somebody and they're just all of a sudden mad at you? 
Like, what did I do? You know, you probably did some one little small frustrating thing and that person went home and all the way home, they thought about a conversation they were gonna have with you and they had the whole conversation even though you weren't there. And then that conversation turned into an argument, which probably eventually led to a fist fight. And next thing you know, that person's just mad at you. And don't lie, you've done it too. Like I do it all the time. Oh, whenever I get there, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna say he did this and he's gonna fire back with this. And next thing you know, I punched him in the face and I'm just mad. Like, have you ever thought of fighting your boss? I have to be careful saying that. My, my dad was my last boss and my current boss is my pastor. So, um, like, have you ever just dreamt of that? Like, uh, let's watch this next clip real quick. Final cover. Big responsibility. Oh, is that my quintessence? Uh, this is no. We're, um, we're prepping the wedding agents on that to start the process. Really? Because it looks like you're playing with toys. Oh, no, this is a, this is a gift. Yeah, um, the negative needs to go through a very I'm technical... sorry, I can't have a professional conversation with you, you and your little blonde pal. Let's... You can't walk through the office with him. Let's have this. I'll put it away. I need a toy, man. No, now. Hey, this is a place of business, not a place of jelly man toys. Get off it! No, I'm taking it. You can't just take my stuff. It's mine. Give it to me. No. Stop fiddling with sweets and little men. I'm trying to do my job. Moses lived like this for 40 years, just dreaming, just constantly, you know, wanting to go back, wanting to be with his people, wanting to help his people and wanting to be used by God. And that, you know, basically led him into falling into a normal routine. He, 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 he led someone else's flock around. He, he just went about, you know, his normal days, you know, and, and eventually that dream kind of felt like it died. Uh, it's 40 years old and that's until we come to Moses and Moses winds up meeting with God at the burning bush. And that's where we're going to start reading today. If you brought a Bible with you, we're going to start in Exodus chapter three, um, verse three. If you're going to follow along a new version, that's cool as well. If you're new with us and you don't have a Bible, just so you know, we actually give them away for free. And I'm also going to have them up on the screen so you can follow along that way. 
So starting with uh, chapter 3, verse 3. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all other sites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Now we're going to hold right there for a second. Like, can we just hold up, Moses? Hold up, Moses, honey, listen. Can we just, for a moment, God just said, I'm sending you, I'm using you, back to your people so that you can help them by bringing them out of Egypt. Like God just said, your three big dreams that you have, your dreams that you've wanted so much, I'm doing that. Like those are gonna come true. This is a great opportunity. This is like going to, you know, buy a a Corvette and like a hundred grand drop out of the sky. Like this is, hey, let's do this. I've got your dreams taken care of. Let's see what else happens. But Moses, we talk about big butts of the Bible. This is one of them. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? This is where I just want to say, hold up, dog, wait. Like you just said, like God just came to you and said, hey, you know your dreams, the thing you've been wanting to do so long, you're going to do those. And you said, no? Hold up, hold up, wait. You know, that, that dream about, I want you to go, I want to be with my people, I want to help my people, and I want to be used by God, and God said, you're going to do that? I'm going to send you back to Pharaoh, I want you to be with your people, I want you to help your people, I want you to bring them out, and by the way, I'm using you in all this, and you said no? Like, what is wrong with Moses at this point in time? So we find with, with Walter, like he, he wanted to have adventure. He wanted to do something exciting. He wanted to do something more in his life. And, and so he finally gets an opportunity. He finally gets an opportunity to do that. And let's just see what happens. Yeah, I flew a mail out to the Urkishner Tuesday. Gave him a ride. He took that photo of my hand on the stick. I'm just blown away. I located your thumb. There's like eight people in Greenland. It's a, it's a good place to fight a thumb. Yeah. Don't cheat on your lady, man. You live in a country that only has eight people in it. By the way. 
So, uh... You're a scrappy. You're... <laughs> you're a little scrappy Duncan. You know? <laughs> so, are you trying to find this guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm flying some radio parts out there in uh, five minutes. He may still be on the boat. Really? Yeah. Maybe you could come with me. Yeah, or maybe I could just, you know, call him on the, uh, on the boat phone. The boat phone? Yeah, the phone on the boat. Uh, you mean the ship to shore? Yeah, maybe I could just, I could, you know, I could ask him on the ship to shore. The radio's broke. That's just, that's why I'm flying out there now. Huh. You flying out right now? I'm just gonna finish my beer. The weather doesn't look so great. It's not. Looks like there's a storm moving in. Yeah. Brewing. Yeah. You're just, you're just gonna finish your beer and then buy a machine. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about the storm. Just want to get a couple, a couple of beers down. Okay, I'm not going to go with you. Yeah. Whatever. See you, man. Okay, see you. First of all, I just want to let you know I'm not trying to say to go get in a vehicle with someone drunk. So um, just a little disclaimer. I forgot to give that during first service. I hope nobody did that. So um, <laughs> uh, th this, this reminds me of, of a great story. See, I, I like to kind of illustrate things with stories that have happened to me. Sometimes I, I make them up a little bit uh, with my students, but it's obviously made up. Like it's a little exaggerated and whatnot. But right, like this one's legit. Uh, about a year ago, I, I started... Uh, talking to Brittany, who uh, we're getting married next month, so woot woot. Um, so about a month ago, we, uh, we had, you know, been on a few dates, and, and uh, we hadn't really, you know, shown any form of affection or anything like that, so we were just testing each other out, talking, that kind of thing, and um, I decided that, you know, like, I was wanting to give her a hug. Uh, I was going to give her a hug just to kind of make sure she knew I was definitely interested, I definitely, you know, had, had some interest there and, you know, hashtag DTR, like to find the relationship, like that kind of thing. So like that was, that was my passive way of doing this. So like I had it all worked out. Like we are going to go out to eat. I'm going to walk her to her car. When we get to her car, I'm going to give her a hug. Simple, right? Stoked about it. Um, like I'm a very outgoing guy. So like excited, I, I can do this. And, uh, you know, dreamt about it. And so finally the time came and like I'm walking her to her car. We get there. She turns around and, like, starts to go for the hug. Like, she went 90. I just had to go 10. And so I, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, yes, like, golden opportunity. Like, this is my Walter Mitty come jump on a helicopter, you know, with a drunk driver. This is my Moses, you know, go be used by them. So, like, this was my opportunity. And so I go to go in for the hug, and I go high five. 
Except worse, whenever I said high five, I actually went knuckles. Like, at which point she goes in for the high five because she's like, oh, okay. And I go in for the knuckles. And so we do this like awkward turkey thing and, you know, gobble, gobble. So like, I don't know why she's with me, to be frank. Like, <laughs> she texts me on her way home. She's like, I, I, I think we're a little too awkward for each other. Like, <laughs> no, but jokes aside, like looking at Walter and looking at Moses, like I just really want to flip some tables. Like, you know, the, the meme where the, just throws a table. Like, I really want to throw some tables. Because Moses, you've been handed your golden opportunity to go and be used by God to make your dream come true, and you're saying no. Walter, you're given an opportunity to go and jump on a helicopter with a drunk driver. I know it's still a bad idea, but still, it's great for the illustration. But, you know, you've been given your opportunity, and you say no. Like, I'm just mad. And then I had to take a step back and realize that there's a lot of Moses in me. There's probably a lot of Moses in you guys. Like there's just something about whenever that part of our life is starting to get unstuck, like we have an opportunity to get unstuck, we would just rather stay stuck. Like we, we, we have this, this, this dream of having great neighborhoods. I remember growing up, like my mom would be like, hey, you have two stop signs, don't go past that. Just run free. Now kids can't do that. Like, we fear for our neighborhoods, and we would love to have great neighborhoods, and we dream about great neighborhoods, but yet whenever God gives us a perfect opportunity to love somebody in a way that would change their life, we say no. We would love to know, like, what God wants for us and who God is and and just understand his will for us, and whenever he gives us an opportunity to read his word and talk with him daily, we say no. We say, I'm too busy. I'm not a good reader. Don't understand it. Don't have a good Bible. Like, what is it about us that just wants to stay stuck? You see, Moses was choosing to stay stuck. Walter was choosing to stay stuck. So often we choose to stay stuck. That's until there's a turning point. So let's look at Walter's turning point. out to Walter Mitty. He knows why. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. 
love to show you all the stuff that Walter goes on to do. And I would love to show you all the stuff that Moses goes on to do. But the fact is, is that wasn't the important part. See, the important part wasn't the fact that, you know, Walter went all the way to this point, and I challenge you to go home and watch the movie. It's incredible. The important part wasn't the fact that Moses went all the way to this point. You see, the important part was the fact that in that moment, Walter took one step. In that moment, Walter took one little step. You see, once you take that first step, it's impossible to stop. You take that step and you just keep going. See, in that moment, Moses, Moses' one step was just to go to Israel. That's all he was told. Go to Israel. Like God hinted at what he wanted him to do, but in the end, the, the step was just to go back to Israel. Walter's step was to jump on a helicopter. Hashtag YOLO. Like, that was his step. I would love to show you like everything that happens afterwards, but all I can tell you is that everything that happened afterward was far better than they had dreamed. Everything Walter does is so much better than what, what Walter dreamed. Everything Moses does was so much better than what Moses dreamed. And everything you can do is going to be far better than you can dream. You just got to take that one step. You got to take one little baby step. And I don't know what your step is. You see, we dream about having great neighborhoods, then it's time for us to be a great neighbor. We... We dream about friends and family members, maybe coworkers coming to know Christ, and it's time for you to love that person as Christ loved you. We dream about knowing what God's will is for us and about what we, he wants us to do and about who he is, then it's time for you to set an appointment with him. Pick up your book, read your Bible, pray to him every day. We dream about confessing to the world, just professing to everybody that Christ is Lord, then it's time to get baptized. We... We dream about being used by God. We dream about 
you know, God using us for other people, then it's time to get off the sideline and it's time to join a team. It's time to stand up and move. It's time to go join something. It doesn't have to be here. You don't want to serve here, that's fine. There's plenty of other opportunities in Clarksville to be used. We've got Mana Cafe, Radical Mission, you name it, there's a, there's a mission for it. It's time to get up and go. And the first step is always the hardest. And I don't know what your first step is. But at some point in time today, God was speaking to you. At some point in time, something popped in your head that that is what you need to do. Something in your life is stagnant and God is telling you what you need to get rid of it. And you need to take that step. This does not stop with us sitting here. It doesn't stop whenever you stand up and walk outside. This starts when you stand up and walk outside. Guys, Clarksville has been stagnant for too long. And Clarksville changes whenever we change. Like God did not give us the church just to sit down and be the church. God gave us the church so we'll be the body of Christ. God gave us the church. And whenever I say the church, I don't mean this church. I mean the church, the global church. He gave us the church not to hope for a better tomorrow, but to go change tomorrow. It is time for us to stop sitting and it's time for us to get up and go. What is your next step? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to come together and and just dive into your word. God, thank you so much for for giving us a message that that hopefully somebody in this room will change. Somebody in this room will, will, will decide that they're gonna take that step and walk out. God, it, it's, it's incredible what you do to, for us. God, if there's somebody in this room today that maybe their first step, their next step was actually just to stop toying with this idea of you and just finally accept you, then I pray that they do that today. God, I pray that they don't just stop and, and, and just walk out, that people will come and talk to us and that they will get accountable for doing something for Clarksville, doing something for your kingdom. It's your name we pray, amen.